so much of labor relations is understanding the interests of the people that you're dealing with, the union that you're dealing with, the group, the employees that you're dealing with, and figuring out what your interests are and your needs are, and then saying, okay, where's the match? How do we get to a resolution of this? How do we get to a solution? Listening to the AWC City Voice podcast, where we explore the issues that impact Washington's cities. This month, Government Relations Director Candace Bach had the chance to chat with Otto Klein for AWC's bi monthly newsletter, HR Insights. Otto is an attorney with Summit Law Group and has specialized in labor and employment issues for decades on behalf of local governments. We talked with Otto about his long career in employment law and his role in establishing AWC's upcoming annual Labor Relations Institute conference held in Yakima each May. Let's get into it. I'm Candace Bach, Government Relations Director for the Association of Washington Cities. And with me today is the legend, Otto Klein from Summit Law Group. Otto, we're really glad that you could spend a little time with us today on this podcast. Thank you, Candace. I'm looking forward to it. Many of us have worked with you um, over the years, but um, there are so many new folks in HR issues across local government. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career in HR and labor relations? Introduce yourself to the audience. I'd be happy to. Grew up in Seattle, went to UW undergrad, then back east to law school. Thought about staying in on the East Coast for a while, but then decided, you know, I love Seattle. That's where I want to go. So I came back out here. My first job was at a firm, Perkins Coie, which is a large law firm in Seattle. Um, I had to decide what I wanted to do. I had to specialize in something, but only for a year and then could rotate. And I really liked the attorneys who were in the labor group. And I said, I'm going to go do that for a year and then I'll figure out what I want to do with my life. So I got through the year and really enjoyed it. Just had a great time and thought, you know what? It's great. It'd be crazy to go do something else. I'm really liking this. And so Many, many moons later, I am still doing it. And that's that's sort of the quick version of how I got started. And you're still uh, still loving it. it I still love it. I'm still actually quite surprised that I have, didn't retire earlier. Um, but it's just because I really enjoy what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to wind things down in a way that I can um, do some stuff, but also have lots of time for kids and grandkids and wandering around and seeing things. So from when I was at Perkins, the Washington's public sector labor law had been passed a few years before then. And then in 19, I think it was 73, the statute was amended to provide provide interest arbitration for police and fire. And so all of a sudden, there was this interest in labor law that hadn't existed in in the public sector. Perkins didn't have anybody doing it. um, And so stuff they had Boeing that they represented and Puget Sound Power and Light. And somehow the idea of representing the city of Tukwila on something sounded didn't sound quite the same high level of interest. And so it rolled downhill to Ottawa. Um, and I got to start doing these things and just really, again, liked what I was doing. One of the early things I remember from that that time was um, there was the Olympia School District was uh, had a teacher strike, and the district had filed an unfair labor practice and wanted to get the perk to go in 
and enjoin the union to get them to start bargaining again. The attorney, the partner at the firm who was handling it had something come up and he goes, Otto, there's going to be a hearing. Can you go argue this? And I like, uh, 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 what do I say? What do I do? You'll figure it out. Just go. So I go and, and in my mind, stumble through the argument. Um, it's before the three perk commissioners. And one of them comes out and on their on their way to go decide what they're going to do. And he goes, so you're the auto client I've heard so much about. And I'm going, uh, 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 what do I do with this? And he just walked off. And then they came back and they made their ruling. And um, it was Mike Beck, who was a commissioner for a long time, was an arbitrator for a long time. And he walks over and he goes, so you probably were wondering about my comment. And I was going, uh, yeah, I was wondering about the comment. And he goes, well, you know, your grandfather takes walks and he lives just down the block from me. And he stops and tells me all about you. He just goes on and on and on. So I know so much stuff about you, you could never imagine. And that sort of struck me again is, is it's really a small little world in labor relations. And you run into the people a lot um, who you've seen before, you've done stuff with before. And that's, again, one of the reasons I've really I've, I've liked it and stuck with it and wanted to do it. And then the practice just sort of grew from there. I uh, went off to a little firm that had been started in the early 80s. That's where I met Bruce Schroeder. Bruce was, was with us for a long time, was really actively involved in doing labor relations stuff. And then from there, went to another firm, Heller Ehrman, and then ultimately the Summit Law Group which we started 25 or 26 years ago and still doing labor law. Still doing it today. And, and many people in our audience will remember Bruce fondly um, for all of his years of, of representing us. Um, it's a fascinating time when you entered the field then, just as finding interest arbitration became a thing here in Washington and something we're, of course, still living with and, and sometimes challenged by and, and trying to figure out today. Indeed, it was a really great opportunity. It was just really, really fun. You know, a long and, and notable career with that kind of um, history there. What are some of your favorite career highlights over the years? Hmm. Um, let's think in no particular order. Uh, <laughs> one was an interest arbitration for the city of Ellensburg. And it was, I'm going to say, early 90s. And uh, there was a city manager named Doug Williams at the city of Ellensburg. And at that time, the whole issue of comparable jurisdictions was, I mean, it's it's much more decided today than it was at the time. But it was just a, nobody really had a clue what to do or how to make, how to make it work out. <clears throat> and our theory was Eastern Washington cities are different than Western Washington cities. And the the firefighters union, I think, had 20 comparables. They proposed 18 or 17 or 18 of which were all around the Seattle area, just I'm sure coincidentally. Um, and so you would come to really different results in terms of where the numbers were. And so we had sort of talked about putting on what we were going to say and what to do about it. And I and. I, for some reason, I asked Doug. Uh, so, if you have a problem, do you do you? Is there somebody at the Seattle you pick up the phone and you call? And he goes, "Oh, Otto, come on! I would I would call Bob West over at the city of Moses Lake, and we talk through things. And you know, there's this thing that I always think of as the cascade curtain, and that is the, the for issues for us in Ellensburg, all are are things that are." different than what happens in the Seattle area. And so that's really, when I think about sort of life in Ellensburg and the labor market in Ellensburg, that's what I think about. And 
that cascade curtain was not something we had talked about before. He just came up with it on the spot. And I'll bet I've read that 20 times since then in cases of, of, of sort of how you go about coming up with comparable jurisdictions. Coined the term cascade curtain. He did yes. indeed. He, uh, he, he was, I'm sure he had many other things he was famous for in addition to that. But, but um, in terms of labor relations, that was high on the list. Um, another it really fun thing I did, really interesting thing, was there was a, a case that was argued before the state Supreme Court on management rights clause and whether an employer could have a management rights clause. Um, and it was a PASCO case. And um, we were uh, involved as, as um, not representing the city, but as an amical situation. And so we um, argued. And that was just a, a really fun thing to be able to do, to go argue something that was really sort of seemed important to us at the time in terms of collective bargaining and in terms of labor law. Um, and when I think back about the stuff that I've been able to do, that's also really high on the list. Yeah, and pretty significant, the idea that, uh, yes, we do have management rights. <laughs> yes, what a novel concept, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, there's just been so many things, Candace. it's really hard to point to any one 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 thing um but it's it's been it's been a really really a fun ride well and we we certainly appreciate appreciate all of that auto and the the history that you've been part of here and and one of those things that you've been part of is the founding of AWC's labor relations institute that's still going strong we had a brief hiatus during the pandemic where we didn't have a conference that first year in 2020 we had to cancel but uh, we managed to even do it during the the next couple of years and, and back in person last year and again this year. Can you tell us a little bit about how you were involved in founding the Labor Relations Institute and what was the genesis of all of that? There was a national conference put on by Empowera that was in Florida, and this is very early, maybe 81. And so there were probably four or five of us who went. I went mostly because it was at the time of spring training baseball, and I'm a huge baseball fan, and so it was a wonderful excuse to go down there. Um, Dima Harris from Yakima County was there. Um, there was like Larry Yoke from Pierce Transit. There was just a group that went down there, and it was a really, really good conference, and it was like wow, there's just there's such great information here, and it's so hard to get information especially about public sector bargaining because it's it's different but nobody really knows you know how different is should it be or can it be from cases under the National Labor Relations Act and and it was just a great conference and I remember sitting around in the airport and sort of just talking and everybody and I'm almost sure it was Dima said you know we should do something like this in Washington um, and so we came back and there was a meeting I'm pretty sure with Carol Green who mm -hmm. was director at the time of LBGI, and she was thought it was a great idea. Um, I think Howard Strickler was involved in it as well. And, and in any event, Dima was really the driving force and said, you know what, this needs to be in Yakima. Don't don't make this a Seattle West Side thing. This needs to be something that that is away from the metropolitan area. Do it in Yakima. 
it'll go great. We have just the place for it and yada, yada, yada. And so that's how it ended up in Yakima. You know, I, I think we started in 82 or 83, somewhere in there. Yeah, we're, be- we're that's about right. Um, I think it, maybe it was 82. We missed the 40th anniversary during the pandemic. So that put it in the, that, that range. Yeah. And some of the stuff that we did, we cherry picked ideas from what had been done at Impelra. The perk update, there was a, a an attorney from Chicago who had gone through public sector labor law developments in the in the recent year and did just a really, really good job. And we had all talked about, you know, it was it was great to have something that that sort of summarized what's going on, but described it in a really practical way so we could all understand it as we're trying to figure out what the heck we're doing. Um, and so the idea at the time that while there was a perk, they didn't have any, there's no good way to get their cases. There's, I think there was a, a company called Donworth Taylor that was doing some representation of employers and they published cases, but it would be quite a while after the case was was issued that you would get these and you could read through them, but there was just no good way to figure out what was happening or what the case law right. was. No internet, no websites at that point. Uh, um, no. No and Googling. That was a couple weeks later, as I recall. <laughs> you know, this um and so so one of the ideas was well why don't we do a every year do a, an update of what's happened on perk cases and so um that's sort of how that started we did that from right from the very beginning just because of, of it had been such a sort of really helpful idea to have someone summarize what was happening when especially as i say when it's hard to get the information elsewhere um, yeah, and it's still but, one of the most popular sessions at lri each year yeah, it's what well, again, it's just it's helpful to have to sort of understand what the perk is doing because it has such an impact on every all all of us as public employers. Um, but to have it explained in a way that sort of helps you cut through some of the legalese stuff and just understand what does this mean in practice and what do I what do I do about it and what what changes, if any, do I need to make? Um, I just I love those sessions. That's sort of a highlight for me of LRI over the years was the interaction of those sessions because it was I've I've always been a big believer when I'm presenting something of um I want questions as we go because I I had attended enough sessions where the speaker would say well I know we'll do questions at the end and of course by the end either there was no time or I'd forgotten the question um and so that didn't really seem like a very good way to be to be exchanging information. And so I've always been a big believer in wanting questions as we go. And I just loved the interaction of just great questions over the years. How about some other favorite experiences from LRI? Oh, man. Um, you know, I think, I don't really think of a particular experiences. I think more of really appreciating the opportunity to interact with people and see people. So much of the practice, especially in the early years, was not going to jurisdictions and rather you you talk through issues over the phone. Um, again, not, not a lot of computers at the time, so we weren't doing emails. Um, and so you you going to LRI was an opportunity for to sit down with with, you know, I was doing stuff with Spokane and to and didn't wander over there very often, but there was a city attorney, an assistant city attorney, Pat Dalton, HR director, I think his name is Gary Persons. And it was just great to be able to go go to LRI and sit down and just chat about sort of things generally and get to know them better. Um, it sort of allowed, I think, me to be able to give better advice and and hopefully help them sort of be less 
less concerned about picking up the phone of, oh my God, I got to go call the lousy attorney again. It does feel like it's a kind of a lonely area um, to, to practice in for, for our folks who are negotiators, for our HR professionals. So it seems like that's one of the biggest values LRI offers is um, just that community and camaraderie of people who are dealing with some of the same things, um, a little, some sympathetic ears. Yeah, no, I, that's exactly right. It just is, there's there, not like there's any one right way to do stuff, but it's, it's also often really, really helpful to have someone say, well, you know, I did this and it really worked well. It really, it's, it, it made a difference in terms of our being able to get from where we were to where we wanted to go. You know, we've kind of looked back on 40 years of LRI looking forward. What are your, what are your thoughts on some of the ways LRI can continue to stay relevant to um, the practitioners? You know, I guess I'd say keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I, I don't think that you sort of, I see any course correction, I would say that needs to happen. I, I think it's just continue to make it interactive, continue to try and be as responsive as possible to new developments that are occurring. Decisions come from PERC or maybe things happen in interest arms that sort of are, are making a difference. Make sure that, that people have an opportunity to hear about that from, from others who are on the employer side and able to talk freely about it. I don't think I'd have any anything in particular that I would say needs needs to be done. I will amend that one thing, which is if there's a way to engage more with the labor side at times in the in the presentations. I mean, I think we've gotten to some extent in, in part of it's just the times we're in. Sometimes negotiations are more contentious than they need to be or should be. Nobody's necessarily at fault for that. It just it is what it is. And to the extent there's ways to you know, maybe get the Alex Galbanias of the world who represents as near as I can tell most every firefighter union around. You come hang out and at LRI and sort of do some sort of presentation, just help all of us better understand the sort of what someone who's who is thoughtful and is but is is representing firefighters unions is thinking about. What are the concerns or what are the issues? Because that's um it's sort of easy to just get for all of us to just focus on sort of what's important to us. But it's if, if we can find ways to to better understand where labor's coming from, much more likely we're going to get to a deal. Thanks, Otto. That's a great suggestion. You know, we've done it a little bit over the years, but I think you're right. We need to really do more. It is it is all about relations, right? And so, um, hearing directly from labor um, and engaging them is 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 really important. I, I remember my my mentor at Perkins Coie, um, who is the one who sort of got me off doing some labor stuff because um, he would make the assignments for the for the group. But as I say, I was at the bottom of the, the, the heap. Um, he said, Otto, if you remember one thing that I ever tell you, the thing you should remember is labor relations is a long road. And I go, uh, okay, I'll always remember that, but could you tell me what you mean when you say that? And he goes, of course, you are going to run into the same people a lot. And you're gonna you're gonna have people you're gonna deal with, and you're gonna have opportunities to take advantage of them. You're gonna have you're gonna have times to come up where you could really make their life miserable, and you can do that. But just remember that you're gonna see them again. They're gonna remember what you did and how you treated them, and you're gonna have a time where you're on the other end, and you've got you you don't have exactly the best the best cards in your hand to be dealing with. And it would be nice if you had developed a good relationship with someone, if you have worked to try and understand their interest and, and 
rather than taking advantage in the, sh in the short term. Um, and I've always remembered that. I just thought it was really, really great advice and something that is particularly important in labor relations. Yeah, kind of a universal truth, right? I mean, True. treat people well. Um, so I think, I mean, that's amazing advice that you got early in your career. It, um, still true today. What other advice might you have for new HR and labor relations practitioners who are just starting out or who are, um, this is a challenging arena, public sector, um, labor relations, as you noted. So what would be your, your bit of wisdom and advice? I would just say to to work hard to try and understand the interests of of whomever you're dealing with and to in, understand their concerns as you're trying to think through how do you get from where you are to where you want to go. Um, I'll tell you another story. Sorry to divert off on another story, but um have a really, really good friend who I've known just forever. Um and he was selling some real estate recently uh, and had um, ended up um, with an attorney who had been the general counsel for the Washington State Nurses Association and her husband, who had represented a whole bunch of unions. Uh, and so he, he, they told him what they what they did. And he goes, oh, I know somebody that's labor law. And he, he could just see the look in their eye of, oh, my goodness, where is this going to go? We don't want to get this, say anything bad to him because we're interested in this property, but whatever. And so and so he said, oh, yeah, well, it's it's auto client. And, and they go, oh, you know, we really appreciate that there are there are people out there who do labor law who rather than being lawyers that look for problems, they look for solutions. And auto happens to fall into the solutions group. And I, I again thought that was a really good way of of thinking about when we're practicing, are we looking for problems or are we looking for solutions? And I, I thought that was um, when Jim passed on that story to me. Uh, I thought that was that the way they had phrased that was really a, a good way and a helpful way, and just in terms of thinking about practicing law. I think that's great. Um, it's easy to pick a fight. It's a lot harder to find the solutions, right? Right, and especially win-win solutions. I mean, it's you know, it's that's it's got gotten harder and harder to do that um, as, as times change and and interests change, and, and there's just a lot more stuff happening. A um, lot more, I think, public visibility or interest. People wanting to look 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 into look under the labor law tent and see what the heck is going on. Um, and so it really becomes important to to make sure you're doing the best you can to get to solution to solutions while at the same time um really remembering what's important to or what the interests are of the particular jurisdiction you're working for and sort of how to balance all that is is one of the most difficult things in terms of what we do, but I think probably the most important. Well, Otto, thank you. Thanks for taking the time with us today. Thank you for all of your contributions um, to uh, labor relations in our state and the Labor Relations Institute particularly. Looking forward to seeing you in Yakima again in May. Um, we're still in Yakima, uh, as, as you set up. All these years later. 
all these years later. It's a great venue. You know, they remodeled it last year um, over the pandemic. So for those who haven't been, it's a great facility and uh, we're looking forward to it. Thank you, Candace. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you this morning. Thanks. And thanks to our audience for tuning in today. It was great to um, get some insights from Otto and his experience over the years. And we're looking forward to seeing everyone in uh, the in Yakima in May for Labor Relations Institute. We'll see you there. The AWC City Voice podcast is a production of AWC, where our mission is to serve our members through advocacy, education, and services. As always, thanks for listening.